0: Hi! I have an extra special episode for you today that I've been looking forward to for a little while, and I've been trying to kind of lead up to it with um, some of the more intense stuff on personality and the speaking up process and the developmental stages of the past few episodes. Um, So you might want to listen to those before you listen to this, but um, this one hopefully is fairly standalone as well, and all of the things will be linked, all the diagrams and stuff will be linked in this one as well. So let's get to it. Uh, this one is my extra special love episode, uh, which I'm, I'm sort of thinking of calling um, Measure Twice, Marry Once. As in the old-fashioned statement of measure twice, cut once," so you don't, um, when you're, you know, building a house or something like that, you you pay attention to what you're doing and make good plans before you actually do the uh, irreparable thing that you can't go back on. I mean, yeah, you can get divorced, but who wants to do that? That's no fun. Divorce sucks. Tell, I'll, I'll you know, I guarantee it does. It just does. So anyway, I'm going to start this one off with a little, um, a little wake-up call here. This is a wake-up call to everyone who has any interest in getting into a relationship and I'm going to give you a little a little uh, introduction right now. here it goes that was not a wedding bell) <laughs> Except maybe it was, I don't know. It was some t- Tibetan Nepalese bell that I got. It's very cool. It's made out of copper and it's, it's pretty cool handmade. Um, so, anyway, okay, this is a wake up call to people who are in love, want to be in love, maybe want to make a commitment, maybe, maybe don't have no idea what they're doing. Well, I'm going to tell you a little short story that uh, about, um, what is that, 13, 12 years ago. Uh, It was 13 years ago that I met him, but it was 12 years ago that we got married. 12 years ago, 2003, uh, there was a man who I thought was just the bee's knees. I didn't know it initially. It took me a little while to see it. But uh, once I got to know him, I was like, yeah yeah, this makes sense. This makes total sense. This is what I want. And it turns out it was an exceptional man for an exceptional woman and he just fit me. It just made sense. Um, Things didn't go as planned. (laughs) However, I am still very happy with my choice and I don't know about him. You'll have to ask him. But anyway, so what I've learned over these these this over a decade of having met the man who I believe is the most perfect person for me in the world uh whose whose peaks and valleys matches match mine in the most interesting ways, the things that I have learned all over over all these ups and downs and and terrible episodes and beautiful things as well um that I've learned about relationships and, and how individuals can get together and how you can make a better relationship before you even start. So this wake up call has um, four basic parts. Um, I'm going to go over these four basic parts and again they, they cover a lot of the material um, that I've gone over in the past several episodes on personality and speaking up and developmental uh, developmental stages. Um, so these these four steps that I'm going to offer you uh, as far as organizing your brain uh, when it comes to deciding what you want in a love relationship and so that you can be very well prepared for meeting people and figuring out whether or not you want to make any kind of commitment to them or not. Or just want to be honest with them about what you want and help them be honest with you about what you what they want from you. So these four different elements, um, the first one is what I call, uh, finding your soulmate potential, and I'm going to offer you a suggestion, and this is not entirely just me, I, I got this pretty much straight from the Myers-Briggs, um, initial book that I read on them, which is Gifts, Gifts Differing, say that ten times fast, um, but the, the basic idea is that if you have three or more of your your four basic dimensions of personality in common with someone else, you're going to have um, you're going to feel fairly comfortable with them and they're going to be probably better mate potential. Uh, again, no guarantees life is diverse evolution is weird, you know <laughs> sometimes there are alligators that like to help out you know baby monkeys I don't know um, you never know in this life but if if you want to at least approach it sort of somewhat logically and rationally, you're gonna at least look in the area of your personality type someone who's Almost exactly like you, but not quite like you. So, if you look at the uh, the diagram that I shared um, with the the DSM and BTI, uh diagram with the four quadrants and the four different types. Um, Basic types, because those are based on your first two, the physical and emotional personality types, which are either introvert, extrovert, um, or physical. And the emotional is um, sensing versus intuiting. And if you have those two in common with someone else, you're going to be probably far more comfortable with them again maybe you want a relationship that's not comfortable at all and that's totally fine but if you do if you are looking for something that that feels very soulmate ish that feels very comfortable and and like you could just spend the rest of your lives getting old together no matter what happened um You're going to be far better off if you have someone with the the first two physical and emotional uh, personality types in common. So that's, um, if you're an IS, you want to look for an IS. If you're an IN, you want to look for an IN. ENs and ESs, you know, stick together. And then you want at least one other of your higher personality traits in common Um, if you want to really feel a a good complementary connection that means um, if you have one that's different and one that's the same then you kind of uh, you know reverse one another so if you you're a thinker and a judger then you might want a thinker and a perceiver Um, or if you're a feeling Judger you might want a thinking judger, you know something like that But if you have at least three in common, you're going to be far more comfortable and Specifically the first two So if you look at that diagram that basically means someone who's adjacent to you in one of those quadrants um, In this DSM MBTI quadrant Um, And again the the DSM if you want to go back and look at that uh, the the personality types um in the uh, the mainstream psychology categories of, quote, mental illness, you know, it, try to ignore that um, concept of mental illness. They're, most of these are basically just personality types. They're perfectly healthy, normal, you know, just basic diversity of the human brain. Uh, clearly, some things get really extreme, but for the most part, these personality types are, are you know, fairly balanced and healthy and normal. Um, some are, you know, more successful than others, but That's aside from the point. So once you got that, once you once you found someone who's in your, you know, next to you in one of these quadrants, who's you know very similar to you personality-wise, but with a little difference in the sort of detailed, you know, area of uh, third-person and fourth-person perspective. You know, they might have a slightly different view on life, or they might have a slightly different approach to problem-solving. that that complements your relationship so you act more like a team the two heads are better than one kind of concept so that you're not duplicating one another's process you're actually you're going to be doing approaching things from a slightly different way but you still feel very comfortable with one another and safe free with one another so you can be yourself and they can be themselves so once you got This person or this group of people who you're looking for, you know, what next? Well, I hate to say it, but as boring as it sounds, communication, communication, communication. That's it. Okay, what does that mean? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, And and some people are better at it than others, you know. Even if your personality type says that you're, uh, you know, supposed to be a social feeling, perceiving type and intuiting type or whatever, extrovert, whatever, you know, you can still be completely confused about what you're actually doing, even if your type is very social and communicative. So it doesn't matter who you are, you're still going to need some help probably clarifying what you want and um, clarifying what they want and sort of finding common ground. So what I suggest in in elevating your conversation with your prospective partner or your actual partner is to use the speaking up process, um, which I went over in one of the previous episodes. But that basic process is, I'll go through it very quickly here. It's basically what you want to do is identify uh, your most negative stuff. You want to start at the bottom and work your way up. So you start with your your biggest complaints, your what you're most angry at? Identify, um, give a noun to this thing that you're angry at, whether it's a person, place, or thing, um, group of people, whatever. Give give a noun, name to this thing that you're angry at, so you can direct your anger, to, or sadness, or frustration, whatever you know, negativity you have. Your 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 most annoying things start there. Um, and again, this doesn't have to be with the other person. Just in general, in your life, uh, what you're most frustrated with and then move up to um, figuring out what this thing did, how it threatened something that you cared about. Um, Identify the thing that you care about uh, that was harmed or threatened by this negative thing, this negative noun that you've identified. So once you've identified the negative thing and the positive thing that that negative thing interfered with, then you can actually identify how this this sense of loss, this sense of something being threatened or harmed made you feel. um, And actually identify what it feels like in your body so that you bring your attention back into your body. Uh, So you've gone outward, but then you come back inward and and see the present state of things, um, and the past state of things of of what it was like to to feel that loss of something that you really cared about or that threat of loss of that thing you cared about. And then you go up to... um, Present moment, right here, right now. Um, look a little outward. Just extend your your yourself a little bit outward and look for what's meaningful around you. Again, person, place, or thing. Just not necessarily positive or negative. Just just what's there. Just make a list of what's there that's important to you uh, right now. And then once you've done that, you've brought yourself into the present moment. You've identified all of the past stuff now you can look at the future. What do you need right now? What's important to you to get uh, or to do, but mostly to get right now? You know, what, what, there's a bit of an emptiness, you know, obviously from this fear of loss or whatever, um, that negativity that was in the past, and now that you've brought yourself into the present, you can say, okay, I need to fill a hole that, that, that thing made inside of me. What do I need right now? Uh, what do I need to bring into my life or the the lives of the people I care about right near me? Um, and whatever that is, you know, try to aim for something you know in the immediate future that you need. You know, not not 10 years from now, but something that you would like to like to get within the next you know 10 minutes, hour, day, week, whatever that's that's important to you. Once you've labeled that, then you can move on to the final stage of the most elevated speech possible, and that is uh, your goals for the long-term future over what are the most important and meaningful things that you want to accomplish with your life. What do you want to add to the world? What do you want to leave the world with? And these can be your highest dreams. You know, think back to when you were a little kid. What did you want to be when you grew up? And, um, and what do you want to be now when you, quote, grow up, <laughs> when you grow older anyway? And, you know, in the, in the distant future before you're dead, what would you like to have accomplished and, you know, left the world as your legacy? Once you've gone through this whole process, you've written all this down or spoken all this out loud, recorded it in some way, you can share whatever part of it that you want with your perspective or your actual partner. And then if you ask them to do the same thing, you know, of course it doesn't have to be this exact process, but, but this process is very specific and I have gone through it. It's a very, um, rigorous, uh, developmental process of going through the, the, the whole looping system of the negativity to the present, to to the future inputs and outputs. Um, so, you know, I encourage you to check it out. And if you can share that between you and your partner in some way, share your, your, your anger, as well as your, you know, what you care about, you know, what you feel, you know, you want to protect and and serve and cherish and nourish. Um, and then what you, you know, what your greatest dreams are for the rest of your life. Once you share those with one another, with each other, you know, then you have a far better understanding of how well you guys are going to get along. You know, if, if you really... Can plot out this whole long lifespan ahead of you, both of you together, then then you're gonna really have a better map of how well you resonate with one another and how well your your dreams and goals, um, you know, will mesh together or not, um, and then you can make a really good decision. You can, you know, maybe. Maybe just decide to wait and see if things change because, as I'm going to get into in the next thing, the stages of development are dramatically changed as you age. Now, some people are very well aware of this by the idea of, you know, teenagers being crazy and, you know, young adults being, you know, adventurous and, and you know, midlife being, you know, deep exploration and then self-seeking and midlife crises and such. And then retirement being either really boring <laughs> or, you know, a really en- enthusiastic uh expression of you know something deeper. So these stages of life are very, very, very important to a partnership. If you are a couple and you are at different stages of your life, or you're both going through a transition, or one of you is going through a transition, that is going to have an incredible effect on your partnership. And... This is why I used to think that um, you should wait till you're in your 30s to get married. And now I'm also thinking, you know, maybe you should wait until your 40s to get married. And then I'm thinking, maybe we should just have um, people be a little more prepared for what marriage is actually like and how things change. And how you can actually, you know, succeed through these changes despite the fact that they seem, you know, just tumultuous and stormy and and impossible to get past, you know, they're not. Um, Most of these are not roadblocks. They're simply a detour and, you know, a divergence of the original path that you thought, but you're still going in the same basic direction that you originally wanted to go. So, you know, if you really have talked with one another about your, your biggest dreams and goals, you know, those Probably won't change that much, even as you go through your stages and change your developmental priorities. Um, so, if you do look back at the developmental stages that I talk about in the previous episode, um, the Maslow's uh, hierarchy and uh, developmental stages, um, you can see where those stages are. And, and I'll, I'll briefly say right now that they, um, the ages for those stages are. Um, 14 to 24 years is the the sort of teenage stage. And then um, 24 to 40 years, about, is uh, another stage. And then from 40 years to 65 years, that's midlife. And then 65 years to 106 years and on up um, is another stage. And then there are more stages after that. and who knows how far it can keep going. But if you are at the cusp as one of those changes, don't make a commitment that's probably the most important thing to say but um you know wait until you're really settled into one of these stages and your partner is well aware of those the stages and you're well aware of the stages and how things might change then you're going to be so much better prepared to weather these storms um that was a mistake that you know everyone, almost everyone I know has made, you know, they just didn't realize that things changed so dramatically. Even though we talk about midlife crisis, everyone knows about the midlife crisis. We're never prepared for it. Well, I say, let's, let's be prepared. Let's, let's measure twice. Let's not just say, oh yeah, there's a midlife crisis. Let's say, hmm, what is this midlife crisis? What are we going to do about it? Um, let's explore it. Let's be prepared. Let's understand it. Let's care about it and respect it because it's a real, brain development stage you know this this is it's how our brains work and so let's pay attention to it and educate ourselves about it and then we can really really be successful in our partnerships and that's what i want more than anything not only for myself but for my partner and for my family and for my friends and all of you and everyone in the world because that is something that is so important Uh, We like to dismiss it, we like to pretend it's not important because, you know, we don't want to offend the lonely people, but it sucks to be lonely, it just really sucks. You know, sure, you can have tons of fun, you can be very productive, but, you know, it's so much better with a partner. Um, Medical studies have shown that, you know, especially men are healthier when they're with a a woman or, you know, another man who they really care about, you know, Um, and Women might not fare quite so well in the health department because, you know, it might be a little more stressful to be married to a man. I don't know, if you're a lesbian couple, then you're probably all set. But, um, you know, men and women notoriously have challenging uh, communication problems because men are, you know, just naturally less communicative. And, and that's that's fine, you know, that's just the way men are. Um, but so it is important, though, at least for us to um you know to to respect our partnerships because we do want them we do crave them that is who we are we are social animals and we are especially procreative when it comes to and this is my final discussion when it comes to identifying your procreative purpose And I want to remind you that procreation is not just genetic, it is mimetic as well. Um, I actually talk about four stages of procreation, you know, the four levels of our brain, our development, our awareness. There's, you know, the physical procreation. You can have a human baby. um, And many people want to do that. And, you know, that's, that's probably one of the most challenging things ever in human existence to do is to raise a human child. Um, more power to you if you do it well. Um, but the other kinds of pro- procreation um, include emotional procreation, which is also artistic, you know, meaning-focused uh, creativity with someone else. You know, working with someone else and and bringing your your unique self with someone else's unique self together to create something new and innovative and, and beautiful and important and meaningful. And then, of course, there's the, there's the intellectual procreation where you create new ideas. You know, you take your, your information and you combine it with someone else's information and you make a new idea that hopefully, um, you know, evolves into something impressive and cool and fun and functional. And then there's the philosophical, cultural procreation, which, um, you know, generates whole societies, whole planets, whole systems of government or whatever you want to call it, you know. And then eventually, I think, a whole planetary organism procreates. Our, our, our Earth actually makes little baby Earths by, you know. Spitting out little mini societies uh, onto Mars or the moon or into a big spaceship or a Dyson sphere or whatever, you know. We, we start expanding our planet and, uh, and, you know, little microsystems, little mini baby Earths, you know, outward. And that's, uh, that's the big, the big fourth dimensional procreation. And I think we're, we're getting close to it in our society. So, if you identify with your partner, with your prospective partner, your current partner, if you can identify a shared purpose or a complementary purpose of your your biggest procreative uh, potentiality that you can imagine, you know what would you like to create with this person? and it doesn't necessarily have to be what you would normally create on your, on your own. But, you know, is there something that the two of you can make together that no one else could make? Um, you know, that you can bring your totally unique histories and skills, uh, your nature and your nurture together with this other person's. You know, that, that that's incredibly unique. If you can mix those two individuals together to make something... Fully beautiful in any level or in all levels. Um, if you can do that, I think that's probably the glue that will hold a marriage together forever. Um, or at least as long as it takes to, to keep that prayer creation alive and healthy and, and going out there. Because, you know, children of all types, whether they're, they're physical children or, you know, ideas or art, um, or even you know cultural norms or whatever you' you're you're creating with your partner. Um, you know, these things take nurturing. you know they, they don't you don't just spit them out and you know we're not we're not a fish. you know, we don't just spit our babies out and, and you know hope for the best. We, we spit them out, we take care of them, we nurture them, and we we encourage the world to interact with them in healthy ways, and we try to make sure that they grow and be healthy. And if you can find something to do, again, on any or all levels of the uh, of the kind of interactions that we have with the world, with your partner, if you can find something, identify it, um, that's going to really give your marriage a whole purpose. And I think it'll um, help you weather a lot of the storms. So if... You put all, together all four of these things, you know, finding your your most compatible type, um, if if that's what you want, you know. Again, if you if you want to be weird and just go for someone who's totally unlike you, yeah, go for it. See what happens. Um, but e- either way, be um, be honest and be open and communicate. You know, all of yourself your negatives, your neutrals, and your positives, and what you want and what you don't want, and what you want to care about. And what you want to be, and what you want to accomplish, and then, of course, just be attentive to your stages of development and how things will change. They are guaranteed to change unless you die before they do. Um, you are guaranteed to change your almost, you know, half of your personality anyway as you age. Certain stages, you're just going to totally change your outlook on on what you want to do and how you want to do it Um, and if you're prepared for that you know you can you can make it through as as a partner and you guys can change together and figure out how to redirect uh, resources to meeting your needs better and finally of course you know once you've identified you know it might take years of being with someone to really identify you know what you want to create together as a team as a couple as a as a, either a married couple or whatever, you know, what you want to procreate. Uh, combine your unique selves together and making something totally new for the world. And if you nurture that and care for it, and it, I know what that is, and it'll keep you together through almost anything, I think. And I look forward to doing that with my own beloved. Um, and I hope you do, too. Um, If you have comments about this, uh, if you have suggestions, if you have questions, um, I very much encourage some discussion on this, and um, I'll probably be starting a discussion on Reddit over in my holistic enchilada community. So if you go over to um, reddit.com, that's uh, www.reddit.com, Dot com, uh slash if you want to go if you want to just look for me you can do slash user slash turl t-u-r-i-l or you can go to um, the holistic enchilada community directly and that's at reddit.com slash r um, for it sort of stands for reddit it's kind of confusing don't worry about it um, so it's reddit.com slash r slash Holistic Enchilada, and Holistic is spelled as in whole, W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, Enchilada, E-N-C-H-I-L-I-D-A, and (laughs) A-D-A. You can figure out how to spell Holistic Enchilada. There will be a link in um, on the blog, on the turl.org blog. Um. And if you want to email me, if you don't actually want to join in at Reddit, you can also just email me privately at thewiseturtle.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I also look forward to seeing you flourish in a partnership and possibly for the rest of your life with the soulmate of your choice. And I will end with a little more of your wake-up call to... uh, explore and measure twice before you get married so you only have to get married once if it's too late, don't worry about it <laughs> but, you know, for those of you who are younger there's, you're never too young to be prepared, right? alright, time to wake up adios, take care And be loved.